dancing, and video games take us to wondrous places, listeners. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab for episode 17. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful, splendid West Virginia. I'm in my lab, my top secret, confidential, only for me lab, and my work here, regardless of what you hear, has nothing to do with the kid superheroes, giant super strong and super smart bugs, time-traveling teens, and so much more that make up our little hamlet. But enough about me, let's get to this week's stories. Tanner and Max, computer whiz kids trapped inside video games, return in our second story today. But first, a tale about mystical shoes. Those old shoes. Henry never knew his grandpa was a dancer until he found those old shoes. He didn't understand why his dad would hold on to them. They were ancient, ugly, and covered in dust. Henry would say, you need to throw those out. Those are a thousand years old. No way, Henry's dad insisted on keeping them. Those shoes are magic, son. Yeah, right. Henry did not believe his dad's claims about his granddad's mystical shoes. He didn't believe in magic. Until... He tried them on. Those old shoes were way too big for Henry. He didn't mind. He walked around pretending to be his grandpa while wearing them, talking in a deep voice. Then he laughed at how silly he was being. He went to kick the shoes off, but he couldn't. They were stuck on his feet. Hey, what gives? And at once Henry was dancing. He'd never danced before, but suddenly he was leaping from one end of the room to the other. He could not stop. Henry had never heard of the Jitterbug or the West Coast Swing, not to mention dancers with crazy names like the Foxtrot or the Mashed Potato. But while these shoes were on his feet, he did not miss a beat. Suddenly, Henry was transported back in time to a late summer night at a grand pavilion filled with people dancing while a live jazz band loudly played. Henry was dancing, 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 and so were all around him. Young men and women, dressed in their best outfits, sweated and smiled and swayed from one end of the dance floor to the next. Then it happened. Henry's eyes caught his own reflection in a large mirror nearby, and what he saw froze him in place. His feet actually stopped for the first time in an hour. It wasn't his reflection in the mirror at all looking back at him. The person staring back at him in the mirror was his grandpa. There was no mistake about it. Younger, of course, but it was definitely him wasn't it? Henry could not believe it. Time stopped, and then all the world went black. Henry awoke in his bed, 
Had it all been a dream? It seemed so real. Henry jumped out of bed. He was drenched in sweat, and his feet and legs were sore. He nearly tripped over the shoes at the foot of his bed. They were his grandpa's shoes. And they didn't look old and ugly and dust-covered anymore. They were shiny, polished, brand new. He thought about putting them on again, but he stopped. Maybe they are magic. Maybe Dad was right. Henry's father stopped by his room soon after. Dad, have you ever tried on Grandpa's old shoes? I do every once in a while, his father replied, when I want to feel close to him. He loved dancing more than almost anything. Wearing those old shoes almost makes me feel like I'm with him again. You know what I mean? Henry replied, Yeah, I think I do. His father smiled. I bet you do. I told you they were magic. I think I believe you, Dad. Did you ever dance like Grandpa? Only when I wear his shoes. Henry's dad laughed, gave his son a pat on the back, and then took the shoes away for safekeeping. Or maybe he wanted to go dancing. Those old shoes are good for that. Do you dance, listeners? Do I have any dancers out there? I've never been much of a dancer. Perhaps I need to borrow Henry's granddad's shoes. Or maybe not. That may be too much of an introduction. And I used to always dream when I was a little boy of getting sucked into and trapped in a video game. And then I met Tanner, computer whiz kid. Well, be careful what you wish for indeed. You remember Tanner and Max, don't you listeners? You've heard their tales on episode 7, 10, and 15, I believe. We're up to the fourth chapter in their adventures. Hold on tight. Theory X, part four. Tanner was falling through the sky from some place quite high until unexpectedly he landed on the back of a large flying snake. Chrysopelia, it was called. Call me Chris, for short, it hissed. Chris flew Tanner safely to the ground. You saved my life, thanked a stunned Tanner. Computer whiz kid Tanner had been leaping from one video game to the next, trying to save his gaming friends from the evil Mr. X. The last thing he remembered was being cornered by one of X's minions, a girl named Max. To escape Max's threat, Tanner jumped into a portal, a doorway to the unknown. It led him here, falling at first, and then onto the back of Chris, the flying snake. Your friend, the girl, she's already here, the snake spoke. She's not my friend. I jumped into the portal first. How'd she beat me here? Tanner was confused and frustrated. Chris rolled her reptilian eyes. She must be faster than you then. Chris left Tanner, though the snake promised to return. How will you know where I am? asked Tanner. I see it all from the sky. 
Tanner Catelli was inside a game, but it was quite different from the ones involving battling space invaders, avoiding hungry ghosts, or racing vehicles. He started in an arctic cold biome. Within minutes of walking, Tanner was in the middle of a jungle. Then his hike led him to a desert. A temperate, wooded area was where he eventually settled and made camp. Where are you, Max? He wondered aloud about his enemy. I'm right behind you. And she was. Tanner jumped to his feet, prepared to battle. Calm down, Max said. We're going to have to work together to get out of this game. I like it here. It's peaceful. And I've already made a new friend, Tanner defended his new home. Yes, the flying snakes are quite charming. One saved me mid-fall, too, Max explained. But I've seen other things. Under the ground. We don't stand a chance against them. Tanner was suspicious of Max. She did work for Mr. X, the bad guy, after all. He was more scared, however, of the underground things Max described. What do we do? We sleep, Max demanded. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow, we head up and out. Up? Neither slept well, but both awoke quite hungry the next morning. After munching on some fruit from a nearby tree and a bit of chicken Max hunted the day before, the new partners set off to leap out of this game. I want to stay a while. Are you sure? Tanner wasn't able to finish his sentence as the ground suddenly began to shake. On second thought, perhaps you are right. The two sprinted as the ground continued to move. Where are we going? Tanner asked as they ran through forest, jungle, and beach biomes. His question was answered when they came upon a large, hot air balloon. Tanner was amazed. I built it, Max smiled. I'm very resourceful. It's why X hired me to find you. The ground shook more, and large cracks began to open under their feet. Max and Tanner rushed into the basket under the hot air balloon. What are those for? Inside the basket, Tanner noticed tons of water balloons. Max answered, Those are your weapons. They hate water. They? Tanner asked, just as a giant, fiery arm burst up from the ground and tried to grab them. Max shouted, This is a two-person operation. We have to work together as a team. I'll fly us out of here. You aim and throw those water balloons. Time to put your gaming skills to the test. Tanner smiled, and as the hot air balloon rose, he fired one water balloon after another down at the giant hands reaching up to them. Some missed, but most were spot on. Hand after hand popped up out of the ground, and Tanner pelted it with water balloon after water balloon and sent it reeling. Only one hand remained. Get it. You're doing great, Max yelled. I'm out of balloons, Tanner panicked. Uh-oh. The hot air balloon sailed past the clouds, but the one remaining hand threatened to catch Max and Tanner. We're not going to make it. Suddenly, Chris, the flying snake, appeared out of nowhere and 
blasted the lone remaining hand back down to the ground. Both Max and Tanner screamed their thanks as Chris winked and smiled. The hot air balloon sailed up and out of sight. Max and Tanner were surrounded by darkness, surely about to bounce into another game. We make a good team, Max. They celebrated. They high-fived. Max's smile quickly turned to a frown. Too bad it can't last. You know who I work for. I have to take you in. Still? Yes. Max smirked, turned her back to him slowly, and spoke. If you're still here in three, two, one, Max turned and Tanner was gone. No doubt he leapt into another game. Too bad, Mr. X. I lost him, Max said to herself. I'll miss you, Tanner. We really did make a good team. Max flew past the words game over, hanging in the air, the yellow letters the only thing visible in the darkness that surrounded her. She read the words aloud, game over. I don't think so. I don't either, echoed Tanner's voice from somewhere in that same darkness. That's all for Chapter 4. Stay tuned in the coming weeks. We will get back to the further adventures of Max and Tanner Computer Whiz Kids on opposite sides of a battle to save technology and video games. Or are they on opposite sides at all? We'll see. And in the coming weeks, our kids' superheroes, Buck Travers and Tracy, will return. And they're not the only kid superheroes. That splendid elementary. That school is full of them. Have I told you about Mandy Magic? Well, you'll get to know her all too soon. But that's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in, listeners. Come back next week. Until then, I'm Professor Theo. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might zap you into a video game. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.